Hey guys, welcome back to the Kingdom Dynamics podcast. I'm preaching the message that Jesus Christ preached, which is repent for the kingdom of God. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. There is so much in that one message. First of all, it is a kingdom. It's not a religion. It's not a church. It's not an organization. It is a kingdom. A kingdom is very specific, very unique, and pretty much unheard of in our Western society. It is not a democracy. It is totally different. In a kingdom, the king is the government. The king makes the law. There is no parliament. There is no judiciary. There is no other arm of government. The king's word is the law. The, the, the king is it. And that helps us to understand why Jesus said to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. What does that mean? How are you going to seek first his righteousness when you don't know what it means? So what I'm saying to you is when you understand the kingdom, when you understand the concept of a kingdom, when you understand what a kingdom is and what it isn't, only then will you be able to bear fruit. Because Jesus said in the parable of the sower, he who hears the word, the very specific word of the kingdom, and understands it, he will bear fruit. But to those who didn't understand it, which was at least 75%, because there were four types of seed, there were, there were four types of, of soils rather. So if you understand the kingdom, you will bear fruit. But if you think that the king, if you don't know what the kingdom is, or if you think it's church, or if you think it's democracy, no, you can get all of the bishops in the world to vote. You can get your denomination to decide whether they approve of gay marriage or the plebiscite or who they want to have elected in the government. It doesn't matter. God has already made the law. He's already spoken. He has already said that it is a sin, okay, to be homosexual or to divorce or to do any of these things or to murder. So it is not up to our interpretation. The word of God was written by the Holy Spirit through men. And the word of God is only illuminated. It is only understood by the Holy Spirit. That's why Jesus said in John 3, you need to be born again to see the kingdom. So you cannot even see the kingdom. If you're, if you're a Christian but not born again, you might believe in God, you might love God. You know, the Pharisees knew the Bible. They read the Bible. They studied the law. They were experts in the Logos written word of God. And they were standing in front of Jesus face to face. And they didn't know that it was him. And then, you know, a hundred years later, Jesus had to write a letter to the church. He had to write a letter to his own church, born again, spirit filled. He had to say, you are blind and pitiful and naked. You better buy from me some clothes. You better buy from me some, some oil, some salve, something to, to open your eyes. In the kingdom, we understand that repentance is the most beautiful gift. It's the most beautiful thing.
because it is our access to righteousness. It is our access to right standing. John says, if we confess our sins as Christians, as born again believers, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and he's just and he will forgive us our sins. So we, like the church in Revelation, can repent. And and that is a word that every Christian should be using on a daily basis. I repent. I repent. I change my mind. I'm not listening to the sermon to, to confirm my opinion. I'm not reading the Bible to find a way out. I am putting myself on the altar daily. I'm doing what Jesus said, which is to die to myself, to lose my life, to take up my cross. So what is righteousness? You seek first the kingdom, which is a government. The kingdom includes the military. The kingdom includes the economy. The kingdom includes everything that you need, health care. If you seek first the kingdom, all else will be added to you as well. Why? It's not just like, oh, there's another guy over there, Jesus, who's seeking first the kingdom. You'd better, you'd better give him, you know, tats lotto. It doesn't work like that. What he's saying is the government is on my shoulders. I'm Jesus Christ, not me personally, I'm, I'm quoting Jesus. He, he's saying, I'm Jesus Christ, the king of the kingdom of God. And the government, the government has been placed on my shoulders. And if you were, were to seek first my government, if you were to seek first the manifestation of my will on the earth, if you were, were to colonize earth with heaven, then then everything else you need is going to be added to you as well. Because when you seek first my government, my government is going to provide all of your needs. My government is going to provide you citizenship. My government is going to provide you passport. My government is going to provide you health care. My government is going to provide you finance. I have a health care system. It's called healing. I have a counseling service. It's called the Holy Spirit. I have provision and welfare and a safety net. It's called provision. It's called pressed down, shaken together and running over. So when you seek first the kingdom, when you are single-minded, it's not seeking second the kingdom. It's not seeking first your own comfort. It's not seeking first your family, your mortgage, and then the kingdom. It's not seeking first your church. It's seeking first the kingdom. The kingdom might force you out of your church. You know, Barnabas and Paul separated. You know, these things, we don't need to be afraid of these things because Jesus Christ said, I came to bring division. I didn't come to bring peace, he said. I came to bring a sword. I'm going to separate the sheep from the goats. I'm going to separate the wise from the foolish. I'm going to separate, Jesus said, Family members, there are going to be members in your own household who will be your enemies, okay? This is the reality of the kingdom. The, the, the fake news of church, the fake reality is that everybody's happy, everybody's in agreement, and nobody is, you know, allowed to question the authority. 
And there are good churches and I'm not anti-church. I'm just saying that people like Smith Wigglesworth and Oral Roberts and Catherine Kuhlman found themselves outside of their form of Christianity. Peter found himself outside. He was on a rooftop, you know, in Joppa or wherever it was. He was praying and he was in a vision and God was trying to include the Gentiles and he, that was outside of what he expected. You know, Paul and, and Barnabas had a separation. This, you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. You continue to seek first the kingdom. I haven't given you the answer yet, but it's coming. What I'm saying to you is Matthew 24 talks about these last days that we're in. And it's Jesus saying to us that in all of these trials, in all of these tribulations, in all of these sorrows, in all of these wars and rumors of wars, in all of these love of many growing cold and the increase of wickedness, during the process of these things, the gospel of this kingdom, he said, will be preached to the ends of the world. So that is what is happening today. That is what I'm doing and that is what you're doing. We are preaching the gospel of the very kingdom of God in the midst of these last days. That's what's happening. So it's not about having a go bag and uh, um, what do you call it, going off grid, you know, having a backup plan and all that sort of stuff. It's about communicating the gospel because we have the truth. And the truth will set us free. The truth will set people free. It's not going to be a government. It's not going to be an election. In fact, I'm very concerned for for somebody to step in right now and to bring order because the world is a stage and it's been set up for the Antichrist to come. I mean, have a look. It's perfect. You know, there's wars, there's rumors of wars, there's conflict, there's, you know, there's food shortages. It looks to me as though somebody is preparing a chaos. It's prepare- Somebody is preparing a world that is in disorder so that the Antichrist can step in and bring peace. So I'm actually, I'm not hoping that Donald Trump, Trump wins or, or that, you know, Elon Musk buys Twitter or, or Russia does something or doesn't do something. I'm, I'm concerned I'm concerned when, not if, but when somebody steps into that role and says, I'm going to bring peace, you know, and and my concern is that people will go after him. My concern is that, that the church will go after him as well. We don't know. He could be, he could be, he might not even be a person. It could be an algorithm. It could be, you know, Google or Facebook or Amazon saying, hey, we have decided that government doesn't work anymore. We are going to to implement an artificial intelligence that is going to run the world, okay? The Bible talks about bowing to the image, worshipping the image. There isn't actually a mention of Antichrist in Revelation. It talks about the beast. It talks about the false prophet. It talks about a lot of things. And if you want to get into the end times, that's a whole nother conversation. And everyone I've heard is is wrong. We're, we're all wrong. We don't. We have no idea, you know. And the Holy Spirit does reveal things to come. And 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 there are 
there, there are some good teachings out there. I, I particularly like Chuck Missler uh, on End Times. But what I'm saying is there are more biblical references to the second coming of Christ than the first coming. You know, the big picture for me is that humans have only been here for five, six, seven thousand years. That's it. Okay, we know that. We know that the universe doesn't really exist. When you get down to physics and quantum physics, every every atom, every molecule, you know, string theory, when you get down to that, it's the whole <laughs> There are theories now that the whole universe is one atom, like one particle that is moving so fast that it creates the whole universe, that it's actually just one particle. And when you get down to locality, I'm not a physicist, but when you get down to it, every every atom and every molecule in the universe is, is simultaneously connected and communicating to each other at the same time. And, and there are experiments that have proven this. And you can, again, you can look at Chuck Missler um, understanding these things, uh, Chuck Missler. And, um, but what I'm saying to you is we know from physics that the word of God is true. The Bible says this. It says that, that the divine nature of God is clearly evident in creation. You only need to look in the mirror to see God because we're made in his image. And similarly, the Bible says that everything exists and consists and has its being in Christ Jesus. At the end of the day, the whole universe is in him. Everything is in him. And you're going to find that physics is going to prove that, that what we think about time and space is, is entirely wrong. So what I'm saying is that it makes sense in the spirit and the answer to the question that I was leading to is that righteousness is the ability to stand before God. Righteousness, forget about everything else. Righteousness means you can walk into the throne room and not be killed. Do you understand? Moses had to take off his shoes because it was holy ground. And yet you and I, if we are born again, we have the Holy Spirit. I mean, think about that. What is more holy than the Holy Spirit? What is more holy than the Spirit of God? What is more intimate to God than his own spirit? Yet if you're a Christian, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, lives in your body. You are holy ground. I mean, people should take off their shoes to, 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 to see you. You know, as I said, Hebrews 11, the world was not worthy of of those cloud of witnesses. I said that today. And by the way, you can listen to my uh, podcast on video uh, on my YouTube channel. I'll put a link in the comments. Um, I'm going to do communion every day for 100 days. And they might not be, you know, every 24 hours, but I'm going to put 100 episodes of communion. And every episode, we're going to focus on a, a primary principle of the kingdom, Things like being led by the Spirit. Things like like accessing your spirit man. Things like the Holy Spirit and being your compass and peace. Being your compass. Things like the covenant. The blood of Jesus Christ is, is, is a covenant where we have been entered into a contract that gives us incredible benefits. 
So I'm going to do a hundred of those. There's, there's one of those, those are up at the moment. So seek first the kingdom of God. It's a real place. It's a government. It is a domain. It is a dominion. The angels are the military. There's, there's a whole kingdom to explore and his righteousness. The, the seeking first his righteousness, as I said, is the ability to not be killed by God. If you're righteous, then you are able to stand before God. Hebrews says, approach the throne of grace with confidence. Why do we approach with confidence? Because of the blood of Jesus Christ. We have the righteousness of Christ Jesus. We are approved by God. Our sins have been forgiven. When God sees us, he sees Jesus. When you walk into the throne, you are walking in there as if Jesus was walking in there. You have been bought with a price, your body for his body, your blood for his blood, your sins for his righteousness. So you walk into the throne room as a son of God. You walk into the throne room owning everything. You walk into the throne room as a child of God who's accepted and approved and who can ask anything of the Father and it will be given to you. He will not withhold any other thing if He's given you Jesus, which he absolutely has. So you and I are witnesses of Jesus Christ and of his resurrection. The fact that we can see is a miracle. The fact that our sins are broken is a miracle. Only the blood of Jesus Christ can break the power of sin. You can go to a counsellor. You can go to a psychologist. You can try and quit smoking. You can try and get off drugs. You can try... And, and, and with your own effort, you cannot break the power of sin. But immediately, person after person, testimony after testimony, Christian after Christian, immediately delivered of drugs, immediately delivered of alcoholism, immediately delivered of cancer, immediately changed. You are a new creation. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. It's the blood of Jesus Christ. It breaks the power of sin. It cleanses our conscience. You know, it cleanses our conscience. You know, it doesn't mean you forget your sin, but you are clean and you are your conscience is clean. I mean, who can do that? God is absolutely amazing. And you enter into this covenant. You become a son of God You've been given the authority to become a children of God. You own everything. The Bible says, if he gave us Jesus, will he not give us every other thing? Paul said, all things are yours, things present and things to come. You own the universe, literally. You're a son of God. You are the same. Jesus said, as the Father sent me, I'm sending you. The secret of the kingdom is that we have been included in the Godhead. We are meant to live as Jesus lived. We are meant to walk as Jesus walked. We are just like him. Even the psalmist said, when I see you, I will be like you. Hebrews says he raised up many sons to glory. Guys, I just feel like this is the most incredible message on earth. I don't know why people aren't sharing it widely. Maybe they don't want to know the truth. I mean, doesn't the Bible say that? God sent a strong delusion because they loved not the truth. It breaks my heart. 
I, I don't know what to do. I want to slap people. Maybe I'm a bit aggressive sometimes, but it's because I'm carrying the kingdom. I'm carrying the kingdom. I'm carrying the seed of the kingdom. And I'm a threat to the enemy. I'm a threat to the enemy because people, when they hear this message, they will be saved. They, if they would receive it on good soil. And listen, Jesus has, there's no secret. The secret's been revealed. The mystery's been revealed in these last days. The mystery of godliness. What the, what the heck is, what is, what is Paul talking about? The history of godliness is we are like God. We are like God. The devil does not want you to know that you are powerful. Religion is a form of godliness. So it looks godly. It looks like God, but it's without its power. The power of God. Imagine if you go to church and you're powerful, you're going to disrupt things. You're going to change things. You're going to challenge things. You know, religion wants you to sit down and shut up, you know, and pay your tithes. But if you're powerful, if you don't need anyone to teach you, then you're free. Now, we need to be mature and we can gather together and do church in, in that way. But you know what? It's challenging. It's challenging because we're people and, you know, we're not perfect and we're flawless. We're flawed. And that's why Paul says things like bear with one another, love one another, carry each other's burdens, forgive, you know, make, make truce with people while you still can. And he says other things like in Romans, he says, uh, those who are strong should bear with those who are weak. We should be patient with those who are weak because everybody's on a journey. So, so gather together, you know, break bread, do communion. Um, for those who maybe can't because of whatever reason, uh, there's, there's the videos on YouTube now where you can do communion every day with me. Um, that'd be great. But um, seek first his righteousness, seek first the kingdom of God, and all else will be added to you. Listen, Jesus has told you it is not a secret anymore. You have the Holy Spirit. He will tell you what to do. He will guide you into all truth. And what he says, Jesus, he said, you need to weed out the Pharisees. You need to weed out the religion. You need to weed out the, the Herod, the politics. He said to forgive. He said, don't hold men's sins against them, but to forgive. He said to serve. He said to lay your life down for your friends. He said things like, it's the worries of the world and the deceitfulness of wealth that choke the seed. So, so you and I know that we need to repent because he told us. You and I know that we need to forgive because he told us. You and I know that we need to ask because he told us. He also told us to, to not love money. So, they, we know what to do. We know how to find God. We have to not exchange the truth for a lie. And that's the big deception in these days. And I believe that men and women will worship, you know, the, the beast and the image of the beast, okay? Because I've seen it happen. It, I, I couldn't believe what, what took place in, in Melbourne, and in the world in the last couple of years. I couldn't believe what the television was saying. And, and the, I couldn't believe that anyone would believe it. But they've exchanged the truth for a lie. The Bible says, if you love the world, you are an enemy of God. You cannot love God and money. You know, the tr no one 
forced you to be vaccinated. That's the big giveaway for me. The big giveaway is, is, is the world is so evil, so depraved. There's so much fake news and there's so much evil and criminality and corruption in the world. And yet they didn't force us to take the, the mark, the genetic mark. Okay. No one forced us. That's the, that's the big giveaway for me because people had to choose it. People had to choose it. No one, no one was forced to be vaccinated. Oh, but, but it can't be the mark of the beast. Why? Because, because it says that you can't buy or sell. Could I buy or sell? I couldn't go to work. I couldn't sell my time. We, I don't live in a market agricultural culture like 2,000 years ago where I literally sell, you know, mung beans. No, for me, for, for 90% of the world, we go to a desk job. We go to the office and we sell our time, our labour. I have not been able to sell without the mark and I have been unable to buy. I couldn't take my children on a holiday. I couldn't take them to the hairdresser. I could not take my children to have a haircut, okay, until very recently. So, you know, yes, I could do, you know, I could do Amazon and stuff like that, but how long is that going to last? And I'm not willing to risk it, you know. I'm not willing to risk it. I'm not saying that the vaccine is definitely the mark of the beast, but I tell you what, he's breathing down your neck if it isn't. And I would be very careful about deception in these last days. Or how do I not be deceived? Well, you know that. You know that. You get inside the word of God. You read it for yourself. And you'll find that he is a loving and gracious and kind God. But his throne is on a foundation of justice and righteousness. So he's not just a kumbaya hippie who doesn't care what you do. He is going to hold us to account. What did you do with what I gave you? And it's very fearful to fall into the hands of the living God. Okay, that is in Hebrews. So it's not a joke. You know, get right with God. Repent on a daily basis. Pray that you may stand okay in these evil days and and yes you know go to church you know fellowship you know listen to some preachers that that you're led to but at the end of the day it is you alone with god you and i are going to have to talk to him about what did we do he said it's about other people did you love them? Did you tell them about me? Did you tell them about the kingdom? Did you tell them that they were going to go to hell, you know, if they didn't repent? And did you clothe the naked? And did you feed the hungry? This is what Jesus said he is looking for. He said, you clothed me when I was naked. You, you fed me when I was hungry. You gave me a glass of water. So it is it is about what we do. 
Okay, it's not about what church we go to or the denomination or or whether we were listening to the best end times prophet or had our tribulation, you know, graph in the right place. It is about love. You know, love is action. Love is keeping no record of wrongs and patience and kindness and self-control. And I know they're getting I'm getting into the fruit of the spirit, but it's what we do with our mouth, it's what we do with our hands, it's what we do with our feet. And it gets really practical. Thank you, Father, for your Holy Spirit guiding us into all truth. Thank you for the gifts and the, and the, and the power of God and the anointing that leads us and guides us and that empowers us to help other people. We just want to thank you for your Holy Spirit right now. We want to thank you for your word. Without your Holy Spirit, God, we are blind. Without you, if you took the Holy Spirit away from us or from the earth, we would be blind. We would not even know that we were lost. We would not even know that we need you. There would be no conviction because the Holy Spirit has been the, is the one who brings the conviction. The Holy Spirit brings conviction of righteousness, peace and judgment. Without the Holy Spirit, we wouldn't even be convicted of our sin. We would spiral off. Humanity would spiral off into, into total um, animal behavior. So I thank you that your light is here. We are that light. When we are gone, the Holy Spirit's gone. When the church is taken away, there will be no conviction of sin on the earth and it will not be somewhere you want to be. It'll be like a zombie movie. Immediately. The moment the church is taken away, it will it will be the it'll be horrific. It'll be horrific. We are the light of the world. We are the pillar and the grounding of the truth. And while we are here, we are proclaiming Jesus Christ is King. We are the light. Without us, they can never see the truth. They can never see the gospel. Their eyes cannot be opened. We are the presence of the Holy Spirit. Through us and through our words can they hear the truth. Through our presence can they see the light. Through your very presence at work, through your very presence in your neighborhood, at the supermarket, people are being convicted of sin. And it's love. It's love that caused Jesus to say to the woman caught in the act of adultery, go and sin no more. We don't just forgive people in a kumbaya, hippie sort of way, but we, we warn them of the wrath that is to come. When Jesus comes back, he's not coming back as a baby. He's not coming back in a manger. He's coming back where the breath of his mouth will destroy his enemies. He's coming back on the clouds as a conquering king. As I said, there are more scriptures in the Old Testament about the second coming of Christ than the first. There are, more, there are over 100 scriptures about the second coming of Christ in the New Testament. Everything has got to do with the second coming of Christ. We are in a moment of grace, a breath of vapor, where we can turn to God and then we will see him. And when we see him, we will be like him. So don't worry about yourself. You need to get right with God once. 
You need to drink his blood and, and eat his body and be one with him. But then you and I need to help other people snatch them from the fire. Be led by the spirit. You know, it's not just propaganda. It's not just yelling at people. It is realizing that you are a witness. Your very existence on the earth is, a lot, is being light. Your very existence on the earth is proof that Jesus Christ was resurrected and that he sat at the right hand of God because he promised the Holy Spirit. The fact that you can see, the fact that you can pray in tongues, the fact that you believe and you know that Jesus Christ is alive is, is an act of the Holy Spirit and proof that he came, that he, that he rose from the dead and that he sent his Holy Spirit. The, it is all about the Holy Spirit. It is all about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, you know, God, there's so, so much teaching in here, but the Holy Spirit is the kingdom. The Holy Spirit is the promise of the kingdom. The Holy Spirit is the promise fulfilled by Joel. The promise is the Holy Spirit poured out on all flesh. We're living in that day of the fulfillment of the promise of the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit is going to, to take us. And then when he comes back, he's going to come back in the age of power. It's going to be, you know, a thousand years of power. And doesn't matter your interpretation, but there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. And it's going to be great. But we're living in this moment right now where we are the salt, we are the light, we are the only way for people to come to God. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And now we are his body on the earth. We are the church. And so <clears throat> I invite you to come. If you're not saved, if you're not born again, if you don't know that you know that you know that you're saved, then just repent. What's that? It's turning away from yourself in your own life and just saying, you know what? I believe, I believe, I believe Jesus Christ is the son of God. I believe that he died for my sins in my place. And I believe that God rose him from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I ask him to open my eyes. I ask him to, to give me his Holy Spirit, that his Holy Spirit would live in me. And that he, Jesus Christ, would live his life through me, through my body. And you become a vessel of honor, useful for the master, ready for every good work, according to 2 Timothy. And then you read the Bible, read John. John's great. Read 1, 2, and 3, John. Just read the whole Bible, especially the New Testament. And worship him. You know, worship him in spirit and in truth. That's the big difference between a Christian and a non-Christian. If you are born again, your spirit man becomes preeminent. You realize that you are a spirit. You're not just a body. You're not just a sack of meat. You know, you're not just a flesh body led by your five senses. No, no, you are led by the spirit of God. That's the difference. Your spirit man is led by the spirit of God. Your spirit man is led by the spirit of God. Your heart is sitting on the throne of your life. And you've actually put Jesus on that throne. 
You're not led by your five senses. You're not led by your bag of meat, body. Oh, that cake looks nice. You know, that woman looks nice. That, that guy looks nice. That house looks nice. No, no, no. You deny yourself. You deny your flesh. You are led by the spirit. But the spirit can't lead your flesh. The spirit of God leads your spirit. Those are the sons of God. The sons of God are the spirit sons of God. The sons of God are the spirit sons of God. You are a spirit. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a right spirit within me. Do not take away from me your Holy Spirit. So you are a new creation, a new creature, a new species. You are a spiritual creature that is God and man. You are God in man. You are a God man. You are a son of God in a flesh body. You are a spirit son of God in a flesh packet of meat. Okay? Your soul is your mind, will, and emotions, according to 1 Thessalonians. And your soul is the software that allows your spirit to communicate with your flesh, meat, body. Your soul is your ability for your flesh, meat, body to interact with the physical world. Your mind and your will and your emotions, your mind is what you think. Your will is what you want. And your emotions is what you feel. That is the software for your hardware. Your hardware is your body, your meat packet body. It's just meat. It's bones and it's, it's flesh and it's meat and it's organs and it's fat. Okay? And it's useless. You know, when your spirit leaves your body, it's just a bag of meat, isn't it? Have you seen a dead body? It's just, there's no one home. There's, it's empty. It's like a packet. It's like an empty packet of chips. Okay? The blood's still there. Why doesn't it work? Okay? It's because the spirit, it gives life. Okay? And your spirit, man, when it leaves your body, it will be in the presence of the Lord. Okay? So your mind and your emotions and your will, they enable your spirit and your, and your body to interact with this physical world and with God. So you have become a born-again creature, a new species, not human. You're not a bag of meat running around doing whatever you think in your brain chemically is the right thing to do. And you're not an angel and you're not a devil and you're not an animal. You are a totally new creation that is both God and man. You are a son of God. You are made in his image and his likeness and you are alive and you are led by the spirit of God. And so now God is on the throne of your heart. He communicates with your spirit directly, spirit to spirit. Jesus said he is seeking those who would worship him in spirit and in truth. The Holy Spirit is not leading your mind. He's not leading your emotions. He's not leading your body. Did you? Has anyone taught you this? He is leading your spirit. 
Those who are led by the Spirit of God, those are the Spirit sons of God. So you are responsible as a Christian. Sorry, guys, just wait a second. You are responsible as a Christian to to be led by the Spirit of God. You are responsible as a Christian to control your mind. That's why Paul says, take every thought captive. Why? Because you are responsible to tame your mind. You are responsible to tame your body. God's not going to do it for you. If you eat donuts, you'll get fat. If you eat only donuts and die, you might die, and God will say, why did you eat donuts? And you'll say, well, why did you let me? Okay, and he'll say, because I gave you the earth to manage. You're responsible to manage the earth. So why do bad things happen? Okay, this is, this is it. God has given the earth to man. You are responsible for your body. You are responsible for your mind. You are responsible for your thoughts. You are responsible for your feelings. Paul said, I beat my body daily lest I be disqualified. I beat my body daily lest I be disqualified. What's he saying? He's saying, I am responsible to tame my body. I am responsible to tame and manage my thoughts. I am responsible to tame and manage my emotions. I don't do what I want to do. I do what the Holy Spirit wants to do. God told me that's enough. You guys get it. Guys, this has been amazing. 42 minutes of, of worship and, and, and honoring God and submission to the Spirit of God and the devil flees. I want to encourage you to, to read the Bible. Get in there. 1 and 2 and 3 John is where you need to be right now. 1 and 2 and 3 John. That is so, so spiritual. That is so pure. Just read it again and again and again, especially in the Passion Translation. I've been Jonathan. You've been listening to the Kingdom Dynamics podcast. Beware of the yeast of the Pharisees. Revelation chapter 18 says the whole world was deceived by pharmakeia, by pharmakeia, by sorcery. It's through pharmacy, it's through the pharmaceutical industry that the whole world is deceived. Okay, so don't take it. Get totally free of all medication in Jesus' name. And share this podcast Share it. I'm going to see you in heaven. Bye for now. Just want to quickly promote my online school. You can do a seven-week course on the kingdom. It's teachable.com. Just go to kingdomdynamics.com teachable.com. The first two weeks are free. Every episode is about 20 minutes designed to go through with your house church or even better, you can start a church in your home focusing on the kingdom of Jesus Christ. And the content is there. There's seven weeks in the kingdom discipleship journey. Every week has a PDF handout or you can go through it online as a questionnaire, as an individual. And then after After those seven weeks, there's a course on maturity. There's even a kids' church program, but I'm warning you, it's not your usual kids' church material. It is kingdom, kingdom, kingdom. I hope you find it really useful and just let your friends know that they can bypass the yeast of the Pharisees 
and bypass the yeast of Herod and get kingdom content for your home, for your church and for your city. I hope you can enroll today. Bye for now.